Jeremiah and chapter 19. Fifteen verses in this chapter, we're going to look at most of them today uh, and run through these as well. Well, let's pray and then we'll, then we'll look at it. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for providing for the needs of our church. Thank you for the giving of our people. And uh, Lord, we're so thankful that we're able to send a, a gift to the Tolsons and their church. And Lord, I pray that it would be a blessing and a help. And uh, Lord, we pray that you continue to use us to help those around the world as well. God, we pray now as we look at this chapter in Jeremiah that you'd teach us from it, Lord, that we would grow, that we'd be encouraged, that we'd be reminded, that we'd be challenged. Uh, by what your word says, and we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's jump right in, verse number 1. Thus saith the Lord, go and get the potter's earthen bottle. You remember the potter's earthen bottle? Uh, the potter had uh, formed, was forming something, and then it wasn't turning out to what it was supposed to be, so he reshaped it into something different. So it's still the same, same vessel that he was working on here and now in chapter 19. He says, and take the ancients of the people... And of the ancients of the priests, and go forth unto the valley of the son of Hinnon, which is by the entry of the east gate, and proclaim there the words that I shall tell thee. So as always, we're watching Jeremiah's taking a message from God to the people. He's, he's gathering the government is what he's doing, really, the leaders, the religious leaders, the political leaders. He's getting them together to speak to them, and now he's going to uh, have a message from God. And here's the message, verse number 3. Hear ye the word of the Lord, O kings of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place, the, the which whosoever heareth his ears shall tingle. That's the, the gist of the message is right there in verse number 3. There's, there's a storm a-coming, as Batman once said. Uh, there's a storm a-coming, and it's going to be uh, painful. It's going to hurt. It's going to be destructive. Well, why in the world is there a storm coming? The Bible tells us, verse number 4 and verse number 5, it covers the sin uh, that is the, the root problem and the reason why it's coming. Because they have forsaken me and have estranged this place and have burned incense in it unto other gods whom neither they nor their fathers have known nor the kings of Judah and have filled this place with the blood of innocence. They have built also the high places of Baal to burn their sons with fire for burnt offerings and the Baal, which I commanded not, nor spake it, neither came it into my mind. So he's pointing out that, again, it's idolatry is the, the short term of it, but do you hear some of the stuff they were doing? It's incredible. And yet they, they went on and they did this. They've forsaken God. They've went completely against what God said and added to different things as well. And so the message of, uh, of, of the evil coming upon the place is followed by the reason for that, uh, that punishment that's coming. Then in verse number 6 and verse number 7, it talks about the magnitude of, of the destruction that's coming as well. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that this place shall no more be called Tophet, nor the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. Now think about that. He's going to rename it. He's done that to people. Uh, well, God's not going to necessarily rename it, but, but other people will call it the valley of slaughter. And you think about why do you change names? It's because you're known for something different. Um, if your name is, 
I was going to try to make up a name, but all the names that came to mind are in the room today. Um, if you're, if you're going to be called something growing up, you have a name. Uh, let's say your name is, um, I still got think of Peter, and you have red hair. And the next thing you know, someone's calling you Rusty. And, and then you get called Rusty all your childhood and all through your teenage years. Next thing you know, you're in college and you introduce yourself as Rusty. And then when you look at your birth certificate, Rusty's not on your birth certificate anywhere. Well, well, that's what my name is. That's what everybody calls me. And there's all kinds of different names. We had in college, they'd go through and do the roll call at the beginning of every semester. And the teacher would say, if I call you and you go by a different name, please let me know. So my name, my first name is Dale. And so I'd be in class and they would say Dale Stover. And I would say here, uh, but I go by Vince. And so then he would cross it out on the sheet sometimes. Sometimes I had to wait months for him to change it. But cross it out on the sheet and write in Vince. So next time he knew, he, I would go by, by Vince. And uh, there was one guy and said his name. Now, I won't say what it is, but he said his name. And he said, uh, here, uh, call me Turbo. And uh, they didn't call him Turbo. But nonetheless, uh, so you get a, but you, a lot of times you get a nickname or different names for things. And it's just because that's what it's known for. Well, here God says that the destruction is going to come and it's no longer going to be called the Valley of the Son of Hinnom, but the Valley of Slaughter. That gives you an idea of what's coming. And I will make, verse 7, void the counsels of Judah and Jerusalem in this place, and I will cause them to fall by the sword before their enemies and by the hands of them that seek their lives, and their carcasses will I give to meat for the fowls of the heavens, or the heaven and for the beasts of the earth. So you're, you're getting the picture, right? It's going to be a, a slaughter. There's going to be bodies everywhere. Um, it's going to be desolate. Verse 8, I'll make the city desolate and a hissing. Everyone that passes thereby shall be astonished and hiss because of all the plagues thereof. Not only are they going to be destroyed, but people are going to walk by and they are going to notice the destruction. They're going to notice the disgustingness of what is left over uh, here, and they are going to stay away from it. You remember hearing about lepers in that time, and they had like their own community because they weren't allowed to be in amongst the, the regular people, the healthy people, and they had to stay away. And when they walked through, they had, to, they had themselves to say unclean, unclean as they walked so that people knew to stay away from them. In this case... Basically, now the whole land is going to be leprous, where people walk by and they stay as far away from it as possible. Great destruction that comes. Um, verse 9 is a little graphic, and I will cause them to eat the flesh of their sons and the flesh of their daughters, and they shall eat every one the flesh of his friend in the siege of straightness, wherewith their enemies, and they that seek their lives shall straighten them. Then God says to Jeremiah, Then shalt thou break the bottle in the sight of the men that go with thee. So he's got the, the potter's vessel with him. And he says in verse 11, Thou shalt say, or shalt say unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Even so will I break this people and this city, as one breaketh a potter's vessel that cannot be made whole again, and they shall bury them in Tophet, there, until there be no place to bury. Now listen, this is a picture that he's giving for us here. He says, take the vessel and break it, shatter it. And he says, say to the people, God is going to break you, this people, this city. But 
look at the phrasing. As one breaketh a potter's vessel that cannot be made whole again. When the potter is, and I'm not a, a potter, but when the potter is molding and making and shaping a vessel, while it is still soft, while the clay is still soft, it can be remolded. It can be made into something different. It can be reshaped. But when it's hard, it can't be reshaped again. And so it says, as a potter breaketh a vessel that cannot be made whole again, that cannot be fixed, that cannot be reshaped, that cannot be remodeled, he just breaks it and it becomes garbage. God is saying to the point now where these people have come, they are hard. They're dry. They can't be made whole again. They can't be molded and mended and fixed. So they're going to be broken. They're going to be destroyed. What a humbling thought to think, Lord, am I a hard clay or am I still soft and being able to be shaped? Is my heart in a, a situation where I've just gone as far as I can go and God's not going to, to even bother reshaping me anymore because I'm hard? You remember in Egypt, God hardened Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh was not going to accept God's plan for God's people. And instead of working to soften Pharaoh's heart, he said, we'll make it where it has to be broken. Not reshaped, not retooled, but destroyed. You see, God, as we go through life, God is constantly warning us, as Jeremiah has been given these messages to warn the people, repent, 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 do right, obey, stop being idolatrous, stop doing this, stop doing that, follow God as your fathers or grandfathers did, Follow God the way that you're supposed to. Re return to Him. And they've consistently said, no, we're not going to do it. Now they are hard clay. And so God says, as in the great picture, a great illustration here, Jeremiah breaks the vessel and God tells Jeremiah, tell the people, this is what I'm going to do. We're going to break the vessel. Verse 13, the house of Jerusalem and the houses of the king of Judah shall be defiled as the place of Tophet. The, because of all the houses upon where roofs they have burned incense unto all the hosts of heaven and have poured out drink offerings unto other gods. Then came Jeremiah from Tophet, whither uh, the Lord had sent him to prophesy. And he stood in the court of the Lord's house, and he said to all the people, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring upon this city and upon all her towns all the evil that I have pronounced against it, because they have hardened their necks that they might not hear my words. The Bible tells us that, that God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. The Bible tells us here that the people had hardened their necks so that they would not listen to God's word anymore. So many Christians will obey God in so many areas of life, but yet sometimes still there's an area where God says, I don't want you to do that. And the person goes, but God, I like it too much. And they get to the point where they say, I know God doesn't want me to do it. I'm going to do it anyways. I'm sure I've told you this before, but I sat with someone um, at my previous church, and 
were talking through different things, and he started talking about drinking. He would go and spend time with buddies, and, and they would drink, and, and he said, you know, preacher, I, we know it's wrong, but it's just what we do here. And the problem is most Christians won't even say that out loud, even though they think it in their heart, but he, he said, we know it's wrong. It's just what we do here. I'll tell you, that's a pretty bad reason to do something. And it may not be your entire life and everything in your life that you're hardening your neck against God and not listening to his word, but there might be one area in your life where you say, you know what, God, I've given you everything else, but this thing I need to hold on to. This is mine. This is something I really like and something I don't want to give up. Well, I'm telling you that before long, the rest of the vessel is going to dry and harden as well. We cannot harden ourselves to the point where we say, I know what God's saying, I'm just not going to listen to it. Don't we do that, though? I know what God's saying, but I'm just not going to listen. Before long, the rest of your life is going to fall into the same category. Other areas it will seep through. We heard great messages this weekend on generation, generation, generation. Three generations worth and saw examples in the Bible where maybe the kids did okay, but then the grandkids really went off. And if you harden your neck towards God's words and refuse to listen to God's word, even in one area of your life, the next generation's probably going to go a little further. And the next generation's probably going to go a little bit further. And before long, your family won't be doing anything for God. we see the severity of it here God hates sin not just idolatry God hates sin to the, uh, to the point where in Noah's day he destroyed the world in Jeremiah's day here he's saying this city this valley it's going to be renamed by other people by passers by because of the destruction that's about to take place why? it's all a result of sin God hates it so if you've got sin in your life, even if it's just one area where 99% of your life is godly, if you've got one area that's not, it's still too much. God still hates it. And before long, you're going to end up being a solid vessel that gets crumbled. We should always be soft to God's changing, and what God desires in our life, and as he molds us and makes us. And we're never complete until we get to heaven. There always should be that room for God to mold and shape and transform us into what he wants us to be. So I beg you and I pray for you and you for me, please, that we would stay moldable to what God wants us to be, that we would get rid of the sin in our lives and live the way that God wants us to live so that we don't have to experience destruction in our lives, um, but we can continue to live by God's grace in God's mercy. Uh, the way that God desires for us to live. God, thank you for your word. I do pray that we would learn from others' uh, examples. God, I pray that we would see and understand the severity of sin. And God, I pray that you would not allow us to be hardened. God, I pray that you would help us in areas in our lives that need to get uh, fixed, that need to be corrected. Lord, I pray that we would do what is necessary today to do that. Lord, that we would seek your forgiveness and that we would truly turn from it. 
and turn to you. God, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we'll be back Wednesday night at 7. If you can come, we'd sure love to have you. Um, going through Psalms on Wednesday nights, doing some prayer requests as well. We're thinking about the things we mentioned uh, financially uh, also. And, uh, and Lord willing, here in the next several weeks, we'll be able to get out the proposed budget for you to look at and consider and, and everything like that as well. Uh, it's great to see you today and uh, excited to see you again soon. If you need anything, please do let us know. Lord bless you. Let's go ahead and be dismissed.